Welcome to the Disaster Recovery and Continuity of Operations Planning in a Post-Pandemic World podcast hosted on Government Technology Insider. I'm your host, Matt Langan. The COVID-19 pandemic has certainly changed more than our overall health system, impacting continuity of operations planning for U.S. government organizations, as well as U.S. organizations located outside of the continental United States. And today we're speaking with Mike Young, who is the client partner running public sector sales in EMEA at Verizon, who will be discussing this topic further. And Mike, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for the invite, Matt. I really appreciate it. Sure. Let's dive right in. And as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, the COVID-19 pandemic has certainly changed more than our health system. And from your perspective, how has the pandemic impacted continuity of operations planning for U.S. government organizations? Yeah, well, Matt. Continuity of operations planning from a U.S. government perspective includes a lot of elements, right? So you're looking fundamentally at things like, you know, the ability to continue to be able to perform the essential function of an organization. This includes everything from leadership decisions to continuing the mission. It affects all levels of an organization. And as you can imagine, in government organizations, things like order of succession, delegations of authority, these are all important aspects security of continuity of operations planning. And, you know, traditionally we've looked at from, you know, when we look at the functions of this, we look at like continuity of facilities and we look at continuity of communications. And traditionally we've looked at hot, warm, or cold sites to kind of bring that into fruition. As we have always planned to do continuity of operations by having these secondary sites, COVID has shown us that we're not able to go to these secondary sites because of, you know, forced separation or something like that. And so the alternate facilities aren't available anymore. Yeah, it really has changed a lot, hasn't it? And let's talk about these remote sites, say, in the event of a disaster. How can organizations ensure that their networks and devices are secured, especially those handling classified information? That's important stuff. Well, now that the guys, the, you know, the folks are, are trying to work and make sure these operations continue, they're working from remote locations. So the connectivity into where all the data is or to each other is now vulnerable, right? You're not operating from a secure facility. So we're looking at things like zero trust, from zero trust models in architecture from a security perspective. We're also looking at things like software-defined perimeter as well as quantum safety networking to bolster that security. As we start to think about what are, you know, it's one thing to have your users or your normal day-to-day people working from remote sites, but it's another thing to have the people with elevated privileges working from remote sites. Now, typically our plans don't allow, you know, elevated privileges or elevated permissions to operate outside of the typical facilities. But with these changes, now they have to operate outside the facility. And so we've got to implement new security models to help facilitate that. All right, great. And let's suppose you're based outside of the United States. And how does this all relate to U.S. organizations located at CONUS, otherwise known as outside of the continental U.S.? Great question, Matt. So, you know, everyone knows that in the United States, or in a nation anyway, the government has some type of authority over what happens in that country. For some countries, that control is a little bit more strict than it is for other countries, as an example. 
And when you're operating outside the United States and you're talking about the U.S. government itself, you're looking at things like the U.S. government as a government, as the sovereign entity of that land, has some type of control over what happens on its networks within its lands. But as soon as the U.S. government operates on another country's sovereign soil, then they no longer have that control. And so the things that happen in those countries, in the case outside of the United States, they have less control over that. All right, great. Thanks, Mike. And how might disaster recovery and continuity of operations work for permanent locations abroad, say embassies, for example? Well, you know, historically, we've always talked about embassies. If, if something destroys an embassy, the staff just kind of picks up and moves to another embassy. But in the case of a pandemic, right, the staff just stays at home. And you, know, you can imagine that in allied countries, you know, Western Europe or something like that, the environment of a staff working from home could be completely different from a non-ally country where we only have a diplomatic relationship. You know, as you're looking at the network or the communications paths between an employee's house and, you know, the U.S. government network or where the assets are, where the data needs to go, um, you have no idea what's in between there in a foreign land. Whereas in the United States, the U.S. government has a little bit more control over what is there. So I would actually say, you know, that nations in those kinds of situations, it's absolutely critical that we reconsider how we're doing continent operations planning, considering that we may not be able to operate in a combined facility uh, in some situations. Thanks, Mike. And you know, with the new remote environment in place, and of course, the risks that are at top of mind these days, you know, what do governments need to do to focus on ensuring mission delivery, especially in the event of a disaster? You know, as the main premise of this podcast is talking about you know, continuity of operations planning in a post-pandemic world. And so we need to start looking at what does that mean? And one of the very first things is being able to provide secure solutions or solutions that enable security um, or secure connectivity from anywhere, right? And that's got to be part of the continuity of operations plan, not no longer just a, another facility or the continuity of operations plan being based on moving to another facility. Now the continuity of operations plans have got to have this concept of being able to operate from anywhere. All of your staff, not just the users, but also the leaders, the decision makers, as well as the privileged users and the administrators of the network. All right, great. Well, this concludes the Disaster Recovery and Continuity of Operations Planning in a Post-Pandemic World podcast hosted on Government Technology Insider, where Mike Young, client partner running public sector sales in EMEA at Verizon, discussed how U.S. government organizations, as well as U.S. organizations located outside of the continental U.S., can best address continuity of operation planning efforts today. And Mike, thank you so much for your time today. Matt, thank you. <laughs>